He says go, they're racing. He says go. He says ta-da. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Manangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome along to the Sunday session for another week and we're here as part of the Sprint Lane of course. My name is Greg Hayes and today we've got another busy half an hour coming your way. Saturday night's Menangle meeting was dominated by Will Rickson, a treble for Will on the card including a Breeders' Ch- a Challenge semi-final for the four-year-old Entires and Gelding. So I'll catch up with Will today. Uh, there were plenty of other strong performances last night. Mac Da Vinci for Peter Hansen was very impressive in the free-for-all and it was a good drive from Jimmy Douglas, I Keep Smiling was outstanding, winning her three-year-old semi-final. Couldn't catch up with Luke today, but um, the filly was super impressive, running time and doing all the work. Be interesting to see how she bounces off that next week. My ultimate, Ronnie, looked to be out for a track work session in his semi. I'll touch base with Jared Alchin again, because he did win two races on the card, and he'll have a big team in next Sunday. Normally we concentrate on Saturday night racing, but something I tried to do when I was at Sky and used to host On The Pace on the radio was get first-time winners on the show to have a chat. I remember speaking with a couple of the leading drivers now when they first won a race. So in keeping with that tradition, I'm going to speak with Talia Johnson. Now, she's the daughter of trainer Mo Johnson, who always has a few racing. Talia won her first race at West Wyalong on Friday, so I thought it'd be worth catching up with her and finding out about her background after her first driving win. The Menangle Express is back. We had a bit of success this Saturday night with horses I spotted at recent meetings, plus after going none from three last week with the tips, I'll try and write the ship with a few winners. Tabcourt Park Menangle have even named a race after the Sunday session, so might have to see if we can find the winner of that race. Time to get into the show. I hope you enjoy it. Black Onyx under a heavy drive near the turn. 27 to the quarter. Saint Crusader trying to get on terms. Keying Dominoes in behind them looking for clear air. And then came Bully Bourne. Saint Crusader given its cue. Quickly dashes to the lead. Dance and deliver and one for the Rodia. Finishing on resolutely. Keying Dominoes behind them. Going up on the outside. Dance and deliver. Tries to get on terms with Saint Crusader. Further out as one for the Rodia. Driving through in the middle is Dance and deliver. This could be the biggest spoil over since Polly put the kettle on. It's really close. It's really made an interesting dance and deliver. There's only a nose in it between it and St. Crusader. One for the road he was hammering home. Dance and deliver getting there right on the line for Will Rickson and he's joining me to have a chat. Morning, Will. Morning, Greg. Uh, mate, dance and deliver getting the job done last night. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. It was horse that um, mum and dad always sort of got improved and um, you know, mum and dad always sort of get to a, a Saturday night metro, you know, eventually. And um, they just just been really happy with his work. The last couple of weeks, dad was saying, and he had to put on for the first time last night. And, yeah, it was a, it was a nice surprise. He raced really well. Were you confident in the run? You, you settled back in the field and, and were able to just come with that one run? Oh, I was confident he'd run in the money, but... Um, yeah, it was sort of hard to be confident to win. They only went 28 first quarter. And, and although I got a bit of a track into the race, I didn't think I was following the right horse into the race. So it was sort of 
I probably wasn't confident till the top of the straight and they went really quick around the last bend but as soon as we straightened up I felt as though they come back to us pretty quick and then he was still travelling so at that stage is probably the first time I thought um, you know we're in for we're in for a good shot at this at, at that point. You mentioned your mum and dad um, have said the horse has been on the improve. He, he obviously has through right right throughout his career. He raced in the regional finals of the Breeders' Challenge as a two and three year old, and and now gets to to graduate into the the big one as a four year old. Yeah, he's always been a bit of a bridesmaid. He's he's run a lot of placings in his career. He's, he's quite um, he races. He hasn't really grown up much. He a few times he's thrown it away. He's hit the front and sort of waited for him and. Yeah, he's still sort of learning what it's all about a bit, but um, he has always um, shown a little bit, and I think he'll keep improving. What about um, barrier draws? If he if he drew well, could you use him up early? Yeah, he sort of holds his own. Hopefully, he, he, he can draw. He can draw in a bit and and hold his hold his own. But um, he's not he's not brilliant out. But um, yeah, he, if he draws if he draws well, he'll, he'll be able to use it. And, um, yeah, hopefully he can, he can earn money. Uh, that was the second leg of uh, a treble for you last night. Firestorm Red won the first, and he was super impressive racing uh, racing from a wide draw. Yeah, he's, an, he's a nice horse. Um, he's a beautiful horse to drive, and Jared, Jared's done a great job with him. He's, um, yeah, I was I gave him a, a good chance last night because he's, you know, he's, he's never really put in a bad run last time in, and then he trialled really well against Horses like Tasty the Wide and Enkafaji last week, and so you know it was hard from the outside barrier, but you know I just thought he was great enough, well to to put him into the race, and you know we we're lucky to get across him at the start, which made all the difference. Once you got to the front, did you think all of a sudden your your winning chance had had lifted dramatically? Yeah, I honestly thought once I got to the front, he's going to be hard to run down because he's. I've won a couple of races on him before and he's actually had to sit past and, you know, run really well. So um, I've never driven him in front. But once he got to the front, I thought, geez, they're going to take a bit to get past him. But, you know, he's still a little bit concerned because you got to burn that hard to, you know, really had to burn him the first 200 metres to, to clear him and, you know, sub-27 first quarter. So I had that in the back of my mind. But he, he tries real hard and just wants to win, so that, that helps. And our Uncle Jim won the last. Our Uncle Jim had been knocking on the door and, and finally got the, the right run in the race and was able to win. Yeah, that that didn't surprise me either. His um, exceptionals last week were terrific. Um, he'd come off the track. Um, he went wide on the track and um, behind behind Gennardi and, and probably made as good as ground as anything and got home in 26 flights. So um, I was hoping that he could just settled a bit closer last night like it in the race panned out perfect for him and it was a good win though because you know 51 and 26 eight home and he, he still had a job to do to get past them and um yeah that, that was a good win halfway down the straight i wasn't sure whether you're going to get there and then sort of in that last sort of 80 meters he, he really he really had a go yeah it was sort of funny because he traveled and like he was going to pull out and sort of go past them and then once I pulled him out, he sort of, I didn't think I was going to get there at all. And then I pulled the blind um, and then he'd give a bit of a kick then. And then and then I still didn't know if I was going to get there. And then, yeah, he, you're right. I just felt him really lift and he tried really hard to the line. And yeah, he was strong on the line, which was good.
A couple of the beaten drives that go around next week in the finals. Um, Il Bandito, what did you make of Il Bandito? Yeah, I thought he was good. He had the perfect draw, which um, wasn't very important to him. He sat three fans behind, behind the right two horses, and um, he'll need a lot of luck next week with such a strong division. But um, I thought it was still a good run. And, um, yeah, as I said, he'll, he'll need a bit of luck next week. And what about Ludacris? Like, they broke the clock in that race, uh, went under the 150 mark, but uh, Ludacris made up good ground from the tail. Yeah, I thought she was terrific. Um, obviously, breaking 50, and, you know, she just wasn't following the right horses, and um, she made up all the ground straight. And, yeah, I thought her on the floor merit, but just needs a nice draw next week, and um, I'm sure she can get money in a race like that following the hot tempo, because, you know, last week, uh, last night, sorry, they all, you know, they rolled very solid, but she travelled so well in it. So I think she'll follow the good speed again next week, which is the way the races were on last night. Um, it should be a pretty good final, that as well. And what about the four-year-old Mare's final? Um, you'll drive beauty play, and I thought her run behind My Sweet Sabrina was really good. Savage the line late, really wanted to get to the finishing post. Yeah, well, happy with her. She's... Um, Another one that mum and dad always liked and always thought she'd get to the metro grade. Um, always shown quite a bit and she just went off a bit sort of the last three or four runs before the, the semi-heat and, and um, mum and dad give her just a, a bit of a freshen up and sort of um, set her for this series and her run last week was really good. You know, burned off the gate and then still stay on the line. So, um, yeah, see. Sweet Sabrina and how ideal dreams looks looks the two standouts, but I think you know she's just just not far behind them, and I think with the right run she she can be a player in that race. Well, mate, three winners on a on a Saturday night. That's always a good night. So congratulations with that, and good luck in the finals next week. Thanks, Greg. Let's see what Ronnie's got as they swing in for home. 27-2, the split, and he goes for home here. It's Mildermit Ronnie. Leads by six metres on All-Stars Frankie. A battle for third. Up on the inside is my ultimate skater, and down the outside, finishing on as I'm in trouble. But it's all my ultimate Ronnie, and my ultimate Ronnie cruises in to win. My ultimate Ronnie first, All-Stars Frankie second. Third home in the race, I'm in trouble from last. Another double for trainer Jared Alchin last night at... Menangle, Firestorm Red, and also my ultimate, Ronnie. Jared's joining us to have a chat. Morning, Jared. Morning, Greg. How are you? Really well. Uh, good night at the office for you. Another double? Yeah, no, everything's ticking along really good at the moment. We've got a nice team, and um, the staff here at home are doing a terrific job, so it makes my job a lot easier, and the horses, um, all the horses are running very, um, very well, and under the best of their ability, we couldn't be happier. There's going to be a couple of short price favourites next Sunday in the Breeders' Challenge finals. One of them's going to be my ultimate, Ronnie, and he was super impressive last night in his semi. Yeah, Cam was really happy with him. Um, we sort of just left the blinds off him last night just to give him, give him an easy, easy run. And um, Yeah, he had the earplugs still in him, and Cam just let him coast down to the line. It's sort of the easiest run he's had in a fair while. So... Um, but yeah, no, none of them bigger races are a walk in the park either. So he's going to have to be on his game next week. But he, he pulled up terrific this morning. He licked out last night and um, carried right on in the paddock this morning. He was bucking and kicking and 
um, yeah, feeling a million dollars. So that the run definitely hasn't knocked him about. So do you go easy on him this week, or is it just a normal week for him? Just a normal week, yeah. He's um, he spends a lot of time on the water walker. So um, yeah, he'll go to the water walker a fair bit this week, and he'll have two two fast works probably Wednesday, Friday. Um, not not over strong because he's um, he's fit now. So just keep him kicking over. Firestorm Red won the first, showed really good gate speed and um, did a good job in front. Yeah, I, I really liked his chances um, last night. I th- thought the only reason he was such a big price was because of the barrier draw, but um, we've sort of never been able to aim him up from the gate because there's been so much gate speed inside of him. But I sort of spoke to Will and we didn't think there was a lot of gate speed inside of him this week. So, And I thought he was actually dropping in grade. Um, although he'd drawn bad, I thought it was a big drop in grade for him. So, yeah, we were pretty confident with his chances last night. It was good to see him get the job done. So what's in store for him? Is he just going to keep going back to the well at Menangle? Yeah, I'd say so. We'll nominate next week for the up to 95. We'll have to put a junior on him to get into that race. And we'll also nominate him for the free-for-all. But yeah, I'd say we'd have a leaning to the 95. But, yeah, he... He's a horse that, um, when he gets up in grade, I think he'll follow a good speed. He's probably just a bit short of the better ones. Um, but if he can get in the right free for all, he'll earn money. Um, just a bit below the good ones. What about Gennardi? Didn't get a lot of luck in the straight, had nowhere to go? Yeah, he sort of just got no luck up the straight. He, um, he probably, the one got out a bit better than we expected there. I thought he would have probably been on the other horse's back. I thought they might have been leader and two fence, but... Defiant come out fairly good and it sort of made um, Arden's ace work a little bit more and our fella sort of got left out there. So he had to just tuck him in and, yeah, never got a lot of luck in the straight. But sort of jump up in grade for him. He was racing the 80s and then up into the 95. Sometimes it can take a few runs to get used to that um, next level up. But I think you'll measure up to the 95s and he'll probably just go around again next week too on British Challenge final day. He'll... He'll go around in the 95. What about St. Crusader? He ran second, um, didn't really contest the lead last uh, last night, was happy to go back, but um, was pretty brave. Yeah, he was. He sort of, he thinks about it a bit up the straight, that horse. But, um, yeah, I was really happy with his performance last night. He sort of, not his go, having to tough it out like that, I don't think. But um, sort of just the one always looked like it was going to hold the front there. So he just had to tuck in and then come first over. But, he, um, yeah, Cam was really happy with him. He, he um, like they went 52, I think. So it was sort of was a really good run from him, but he's going to probably battle a bit now because he's going to have to, he got OD'd last night because he was a bit naughty in the score up. So um, that's a bit of a worry for him next, going forward to next week in the final. But um, yeah, I, I think he can definitely earn money in the final, that's for sure. What about my ultimate Snowy in the three-year-olds? Wrapped with his run. Yeah, just things didn't plan out early. We didn't want to be in the early burn um, because every week we seemed to send him forward and we just wanted him to sort of not do too much early. And um, he got a bit keen early when Cam was trying to restrain him and um, and then they were sort of jostling for spots back in the field and he made a move. And when he made a move, Bainbridge come off the fence and sort of stretched him a little to get to the death and he battled on really brave. Um, yeah, I just couldn't be happier with him. Like he's had a massive um, layoff through injury, and I think these runs, whatever he does now, when he comes back at four, he's just going to be such a nice horse. He's just um, 
just doing this on raw ability. He's only had about 10 starts, I think, and he's still learning what it's all about. Like, I thought he was going to drop out sort of halfway down the lane, and then he kicked again, and on the line with him, thought he was doing his best work again on the line. So, um, yeah, I think he'll be a really nice horse in another six to 12 months. But um, if he gets a draw on Saturday night, like, I don't think he can probably match it. We'd better be the best than that, but I think he can earn money. Uh, what about our ultimate Luca last week in the Phillies, the two-year-old Phillies semifinals? What did you make of her? Yeah, she's terrific. Um, Philly we've always had a nice opinion of, but it's been one thing after another go wrong with her. Um, but Will was wrapped with a run last week. I think she ran home in 26-something herself and really hit the line strong. And She's pulled up terrific from that run. Um, yeah, as a once again, I don't think she can match it with Luxa Turner and a couple of them other ones, um, Jeff Webster's horse and, and um, one of Clayton and Emma's renewal. Like I think the, the three stand out. But um, if she can get a barrier draw, I think she can run into the money there somewhere. Looks like you're going to have a pretty big Sunday next week. Um, you've also got a couple of trotters that should go around in the in the trotters free-for-all. Yeah, we'll send off your cap around. He was really good the other day. He got back to winning form. I think um, he's really come on from that run. I wasn't that, pardon me, I wasn't that happy with him before that race. His coat hadn't cleaned up, and um, yeah, just I, I hadn't been a hundred percent happy. But since then, he's really sparked up around the place, and he's up and about. So um, yeah, I think he'll be right in that race. And um, Albizia, I'll put her in as well. She's um, she's just getting better and better. That little filly, she's such a good trier. Um, I see she ran her last 400 in 26.3 herself here on Tuesday. So um, although it'll be a jump up in grade for her, if they go hard, um, she'll be running home. Like she ran third in the um, race in Queensland to London to a brick and sort of only got beat about, I think, eight or ten metres. So, um, yeah, she'll be right there about. It's just going to be a little jump up in grade for her. Should be a, a big Sunday next week. Yeah, I think we're going to have a fair few runners, so it'll be all hands on deck. But um, these are the days you look forward to. Um, and, yeah, you'll, you'll want to be going around for the better money. So hopefully we can get some of it. Barriers probably don't um, not an issue for my ultimate Ronnie, but for all the other runners, you're looking, or you're looking for a draw. Yeah, Ronnie sort of doesn't matter too much. Um, and then, say, Crusader's got a draw outside the front because he got OD'd. But, um, yeah, Ronnie will need a draw against the likes of better be the best and captain's knock and them horses like a, you can't be drawing outside of them and and thinking you're gonna gonna match it with them so if he gets an inside draw and can sit off them um they'll know he's there like he, he's not far off them and i think with another prep under his belt he'll, he'll be right there with him and same as luca like ricky's philly's just a standout last returner i think um she's just a beautiful philly she's got speed she's got strength she's got everything so I'm not thinking I'm going to go around and beat them, but um, she's a bit the same. If she can camp off them handy, I think she can run into a little bit of minor money. All right, mate. Well, good luck next Sunday. No worries. Thanks for the chat. More Breeders' Challenge semi-final racing at Tabcorp Park, Menangle, but the favourites weren't as dominant this week with only three being successful. This segment on the show is starting to prove its worth with a couple of horses that are highlighted over the past few weeks in the Menangle Express coming out last night and winning, but let's uh, get into it. Race one, the informed Gennady was the $2.70 favourite off the 
back of consistency. And while he has been able to lead in his past three starts, there were a few set alight early, including Firestorm Red, who found the front after having good support in betting markets. Arden Zay sat behind the leader. Defiant held its spot three markers after starting from gate one. That forced Gennady and driver Cam Hart to dive back to four pegs to get some cover. Ideal Dan sat outside the leader early before Joe Nian made a move to sit outside the leader. Turning for home, Firestorm Red kicked away. Saginaw made a long sustained run from third last and was strong to the line to finish second, while Joni Ann toughed it out for third. There are some unlucky runners. Gennady was held up for the majority of the straight. Defiant didn't get a lot of room, and Little Bliss finished eighth but was working home when it locked wheels late. Race number two, the first of the three-year-old semifinals for the boys, and this became a two-horse race with two horses backing up from the Victoria Derby dominating. Oliver Dan was the short prize favourite, drew inside Captain's Knock, but Captain's Knock showed too much speed and was able to cross. Mark Pitt was urging Oliver Dan, so that is something we need to put into the memory bank for the final once the draw comes out. Major Celebrity galloped going past the post the first time, and the first five horses got 10 to 15 metres in front of the rest. The second quarter was slow. They only ran through the first half in 57 seconds. King Tintin sat behind the leader. Waratalu was in the 1-1. El Camino was in the market but didn't look comfortable approaching the turn. And Captain's Knock looked in some trouble halfway down the straight when Oliver Dan loomed. But to his credit, Captain's Knock rallied and held Oliver Dan narrowly in the run to the line. Uh, Waratalu was third. Captain's Catch fourth but hard to see anything behind the first two being a serious threat next week. Race number three, the three-year-old fillies this time around. Major Delight was the short price favourite at $1.12. She was the two-year-old Breeders' Challenge winner last year and was coming off a second in the Victoria Oaks. She worked forward. She found the front without too many issues in a 27-9 first quarter. Promised Land got the spot behind the leader. Aussie Sweet Pea was three pegs. Windy Hill Tara was outside the leader. Sky Blue race 1-1. It was a walk in the park through the first 1,200 metres with the middle half running 59-7. They dashed up the straight in 26-3. Major Delight at uh, at first looked a little bit workmanlike, but that last quarter was impressive, so she deserves to be the favourite for the final. Windy Hill Tara, brave running third after working outside the leader. Sky Blue picked up late to nail Windy Hill Tara on the line for second. Race four, four-year-old boys got their chance. Black Onyx was the $2.15 favourite. It was able to lead from gate two in a slow 28-2 first quarter. Kiang Domino sat behind the leader. St. Crusader was three pegs. Could have been closer had Cam Hunt wanted to get into a battle in the early stages. In the end, he was forced to go to the chair and, and gave Bullybourne some cover down the back straight. The eventual winner, Dance and Deliver, won two. One for the roadie was on his back. Soon after straightening, St. Crusader put Black Onyx away, but the horses swooping down the outside looked Big threats. Dance and deliver for Pete and Will Rickson got there right on the line to grab St. Crusader. One for the roadie wasn't too far away in third. No excuses for the rest. I do think St. Crusader is an interesting runner in the final because he does have that good gate speed. Race number five, better be the best, was the $1.12 favourite in his semi. And the biggest concern for him in the early stages was Bainbridge when he charged off the gate and got to the front with a lap to go and then galloped. James Rattray was able to steer Bainbridge inside the pegs, which meant no interference to better be the best. I'm the president of the Better Be The Best fan club, but Nathan Turnbull did ask him to leave the gate. Bainbridge got him comfortably, which adds just another dimension to next week's final. Better Be The Best led. Sweetheart Bart sat behind the leader. Il Bandito was three pegs and Horn Player was behind it. My ultimate Snowy made a move from near the rear down the straight to go to the chair, which gave Bainbridge the back, uh, the 1-1. Uh, the up the straight, better be the best, was never in any danger. 28-1, 27 were the final two quarters. Didn't explode away from them. Um, Sweetheart Bart finished second. My ultimate Snowy held on for third after being forced to the chair. 
Race number six was the Kevin Robinson free-for-all. Typo was the favourite for Brad Hewitt at $2.70. We got some fireworks in this one with Bubba Scrub launching early from out wide. They ran through the first quarter in 26 seconds. Typo showed better speed early but was crossed and then that pushed Brave View Kelly three pegs. Rip was forced to go to the death seat. That gave Mac Da Vinci the perfect trail. Our Money Rocks was caught a bit wide and had to snag back behind Mac Da Vinci. 56-6 was the middle half, so there wasn't much of a breather. And turning for home, Bubba Scrub tried to kick away. Rip didn't enjoy the easy run. He's had it his last two starts. He was under pressure. Typo went back to the inside to find a run. But while all that was happening, Mac Da Vinci was out and running and put them away in 50 metres. Our Money Rocks worked home well again for second. And then it was a big gap to third with Tasty Delight finishing well for bronze. Bravey Kelly didn't get the unimpeded run she was hoping for in the straight. She was good. A typo couldn't pick up once clear, and they did run 149.4. I highlighted Mac Da Vinci as the beaten run of the meeting a couple of weeks ago in this segment, so I hope a few follow, a few people followed in there. Race number seven, Tintin Joe was the fave in the second semi for the three-year-old Phillies. She charged off the arm. She found the front off a wide draw soon after the post the first time. No drama sat behind the leader. Peaceful was three pegs. I Keep Smiling was forced to race without cover. Our our redemption raced in the 1-1. Ludicrous was one out three back and near the tail of the field. First half fast, 55-8, and they ran through the third quarter as well with I Keep Smiling outside Tintin Joe. No drama started to drop off nearing the turn, and so did our redemption. So the first two got a long way in front as they swung into the straight. The third quarter, 26-5. Pace was brutal. Tintin Joe cracked first. I keep smiling one comfortably in 149.9. Low flying, uh, the filly. Ludicrous was good to the line, finishing third. Most triumphant was beaten 23 metres, but did a good job in fourth. I guess the question now becomes how much did that take out of I keep smiling? Time's going to tell in a week's time. Race 8, shortest price favourite of the night was my ultimate Ronnie at $1.08 in the second of the four-year-old boys' semis. He worked to the front. He ran quarters of 27.9, 29.4 early. All-Stars Frankie was behind the leader, which left small tees outside. Uh, my ultimate Skeeter was three pegs, promising 1-1. My ultimate Ronnie, never out of second gear. Cruised to the line to win easily. All-Stars Frankie was good. Um, wasn't knocked about chasing the, the winner. I'm in trouble, would have Run some really good sectionals, charging home for third from last, although he was well beaten. GFC finished fourth. Good drive by Robbie, ensuring he qualified for the final. Hard to see anything beating our ultimate Ronnie next week. He does look over the line. Doesn't. Don't worry about the barrier draws. Race number nine, sta- uh, standing start for the Trotters. One Magic Kenny went up in the air early, but stablemate Simone Lindenny stepped away, and so too did Royal Glen Ferry, who worked to the front, turning into the straight the first time. Scruffy Doolin stepped away safely. Three pegs. Vic's son was fourth. And the first six got a long way in front of the other four runners. Sonny G came away from the inside, approaching the 800 metres. Simone Lindenny galloped behind the leader, approaching the turn, and was able to get to the inside without causing too much interference. Royal Glen Ferry and Sonny G were challenging one another, but left the inside, which gave Scruffy Doolin a saloon passage, and Talia McMullen took it, getting there narrowly. Sonny G was good, doing a lot of the bullocking work, a fair to cover uh, made good ground for third. One Magic Kenny made up a lot of ground after that early break. And race 10, just as well led after an early battle with Freddie Singh before handing over to Teresa Love. Lightning Dan was left without cover. Our Uncle Jim was in the 1-1. Teresa Love rolled away from the inside at the top of the straight and presented a run to just as well. Lightning Dan hit the front soon after straightening, but our Uncle Jim was given the final crack. Freddie Singh got no run. Uh, no clear run at any stage in the straight after pushing away from the inside and was basically untested. 
Our Uncle Jim hit the front, 50 from home. Another horse we spotted racing well in this segment. Lightning Dan was brave. Teresa Love rallied when she looked beaten. She did a good job for third, and forget, uh, forget Freddie Singh went around. Don Lou was solid in the straight. Win of the night, hard to knock that three-year-old filly. I keep smiling. She broke the clock, and she also broke the heart of Tintin Joe. Huge win. Looks a serious threat next week. Uh, drive of the night. Go with Jimmy Douglas here. Um, he wanted one spot in the race with Mac Da Vinci, and that was the spot behind Rip. And in the end, where he positioned up was the, the winning spot, the winning move in the race. He, from there, look, it was a sit-and-steer job. They broke 150, but it was a good tactical drive early from Jimmy. He wanted the spot behind Rip, and in the end, that was the winning move. And the best beaten performance of the night... There were a few. Um, I'm going to go with Lightning Dan in the last. Sat in the chair. They ran 151.6. Nailed in the shadows of the post. It's going to win a race very soon, but that doesn't help the punters who took the $2.40 last night. So best beaten performance of the night for me was Lightning Dan. the third quarter, up before home, and it's Sweet Evelyn getting away now from Ideal Town, Napoli Knights. Polka Dot Dance coming down the outside, anyone will do, still about 15 off the lead. Sweet Evelyn led, Ideal Town gets out, sprints strongly now. Here's Ideal Town, hits the front, close home. Napoli Knights late, but it's Ideal Town beats Napoli Knights. Anyone will do, close up for third with Polka Dot Dance in that photo, and so too Sweet Evelyn. The 20th of October, 2023 is a date I don't think Talia Johnson's ever going to forget. When you drive your first winner, it's a pretty special day, and she's joining me to have a chat about it. Good morning to you, Talia. Hi, Greg. How are you? Really well, thank you. Um, pretty special Friday afternoon for you. Absolutely. It's um, it's something I'll never forget. I was over the moon. Can't wipe the smile off my face. So ideal Taya winning uh, for you at West Wyalong, but there's a, a little bit of a family connection there too with the West Wyalong track and being Cup Day. Yeah, um, my nan... Uh, bred a few horses and the first horse she ever bred was called Twin Gift and um, that horse won the West Wyalong Pacers Cup in I think it was 1967 and I'm pretty sure that was the first year of that race so yeah pretty fitting to, to have my first win there on Cup Day. Yes um, we'll take us through the race because you're able to you, you went for the lead early but you're able to get a, a nice run in behind the leader. Yeah well luckily for me, unluckily for the favourite, it, it galloped, it was coming out of the four and um, I thought I was going to have to maybe sit in the death or maybe something had come around and, and give me some cover but I thought for sure that that, that four horse would, would um, lead and I didn't know if I was going to be able to, to kick up and, and get past um, Todd Dator, the, the one so um, yeah, it worked out real well for me and, and she comes out of the gate so nicely so um, yeah, when, when Todd I couldn't get past Todd. I, I just thought I'll slip in under here and yeah, have the run of the race. Turning for home, um, you, you got a nice split through the centre. What was it like when you? What was that feeling like when you hit the post and, and you realised you were you were first home? Oh, I just can't even describe it. It was it was the best feeling ever. I was so excited. I could hear some people like, cheering in the crowd. So yeah, no, it was it was awesome. And I saw on the post you had a quick look onto the inside. Were you were you checking that something wasn't coming up your inside? Yeah, I just I was a bit hesitant. I didn't know if I'd won or not. And I didn't know if um, Todd was horse was going to kick back and and come through the inside. So I was just watching to make sure I crossed the line first. You are the daughter of Mo Johnson, who plenty of people would know down in that area of New South Wales. Um, has been around for for quite some time. Tell us about your introduction to the trots and how it all happened. 
Yeah, so obviously with Dad, um, he's always um, had horses running around. Um, so kind of grew up around the trots and, and, you know, made a lot of friends that way. But I, um, I kind of wasn't really, really interested in the horses. I, I, I always had a love for them, but there was always other things that I was more interested in. It was only probably three, four years ago. And I'd say it would be because, because of COVID. Um, I was kind of stuck at home, had, had nothing to do and, and nowhere to go. So, um, started helping dad a bit more with the horses and, and doing a bit more track work and, and yeah, that's where I kind of thought, oh, I want to have, you know, have a go at this. And, you know, dad, dad's getting on. So I thought, oh, somebody's going to have to take over the, the family legacy. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you mix it all in with a full-time job. So you've obviously got plenty on your plate. Yeah, yeah, very busy. I work at the local credit union in Young, um, nine to five, five days a week. So, um, yeah, that keeps me pretty busy. And then um, also the fact you, you give some time to the um, local harness racing club too as being on the committee. So um, you, you've definitely got a love of harness racing. Yeah, I think it flows through my veins, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I love helping out with, with the committee at Young. And, yeah, we're super busy at the moment trying to get everything ready for the, the big Carnival of Cups meeting in December. Now, tell us, it took a while for you to actually get your, your, your driver's licence. You had a couple more drives to go um, in your trials and something went wrong at home a lot of people might not know about. Yeah, yeah. I had a, um, I had a, I had a, bit, of a, a bit of a tumble at home. Um, Dad had had a race for the day before in Wagga and he was in hospital um, and he wanted me to jog one of them. So I, I took it down at the crack of dawn um, to, to do the jog and, um, yeah, I can't remember what happened. Um, I woke up in my bed. The neighbours woke me up in my bed probably a couple of hours later after um, after I'd fallen out. And yeah, to this day, I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, that that put me out for a few months. I had a pretty bad concussion, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a journey to to finally get to the races. Now, Ideal Tay is a pretty special horse for you because not only did she or provide that first victory on Friday, but has been with you right through it and, and you've done a few trial drives on the horse as well. Yeah, so I had my first race drive on her um, and, yeah, I'd, I'd done a few trial drives. It was really nice of um, her previous trainer, Rick Burnett. Um, he put me on um, her to, to drive a few trials and, um, he was so good. He he was she was up racing, and she she would just put the um the horse into the trials just so I could have a drive and and get another one ticked off. So yeah, no, she's she's super special to me, and um yeah, I can't think thank Rick enough for for letting me take the horse um and yeah race with her. So when do we see you at the races next? Um, I think we we're looking at possibly Wagga um on Friday night. There's a couple of races that would suit some of our horses, so. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get a run and I'll be able to maybe get an hour or two off work um, and we'll be able to get there. Well, congratulations with the victory on Friday. Um, very special moment. I, I still got copies of interviews I've done uh, with guys like Chris Geary and Jack Callaghan when they drove their first victory. Um, so it, yeah, is, it, is, it is a very special moment when a, when a driver drives, uh, picks up their first win. So congratulations with that and uh, I wish you all the best of luck in the future. Great. Thanks so much, Greg. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winning. Hey, that's pretty good. Winner. That was legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam. Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's, that's all there is to it. A winner. Just like that. I'm the winner. Is... It's going to be us next week.
Hopefully, we go three from three after going none from three last week. Tips this week, Newcastle Monday, race six, number one, waiting for love, led from three, won comfortably last time out. Will Rickson did the driving. He's back on again this time. Got going inside the 400 metres and won as it liked. Drawn one, can look to be positive again. I think Greg Brown and Will Rickson can pick up another race. So that's race six, Newcastle, number one, waiting for love. Menangle race two, thanks to the team at... Tabcourt Park Menangle, they've named a race after the Sunday session. That's race two for the Trotters. I'm going to try and find the winner of that. I think it's pretty well exposed. Race two, number four, King of Love. It's only had the one run in Australia. Former Kiwi was very impressive on its debut. So let's go race two, number four, King of Love. My other tip for the Menangle program, race seven, number seven, Mitzi Gaynor. Narelle McCarthy and Hannah Rickson combining. Big drop in class for Mitzi Gaynor um, with Hannah's claim. Gets into this 60 race. Good gate speed, can be prominent. As mentioned, big drop in class from Saturday grade to a Tuesday. And I think Mitzi Gaynor can pinch a race. So race seven, number seven. That just about wraps up the podcast for another week. Hope you've enjoyed it. Back again next Sunday, later than normal, um, because of the fact we're going to be reviewing everything that happens at Tabcourt Park Menangle on Breeders' Challenge afternoon. So it'll come out sometime next Sunday night. And might see if we can throw in a preview if we get a chance during the week as well for those who like to have a bet or two on that Sunday card. Hope you've enjoyed the Sunday session for another week. My name's Greg Hayes. I'll catch up with you again next Sunday. Speak to you then.